Philippians chapter 3. I want to speak tonight, just for a few moments, my theme, my title is Your Past is Not Your Future. Your past is not your future. There, God has a destiny, he has a purpose for you and for me. And he looks at the, the way ahead, the path ahead for your life and my life. We've got a great God, an amazing God, a good God. And I don't know where you've come from. You're right, I won't know you. Uh, well, I know quite a lot of people here tonight, but I don't know everything about your life. But God knows. And he cares. He sees. He sees where you've come from. And he can see where you can go. He sees where you're going to at the moment. He loves you so much, he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He wants to take you into a place of fullness and potential. We have a God who is a great God. He said he so loves the world. He so loved me. He so loves you. Even though there is a place in your life where maybe you haven't uh, followed him or you haven't gone the way that you could have gone, he still loves and cares for you. And he's got an amazing road for you ahead. I'm not just saying it's not pie in the sky. It's not a little fairy story. We have an amazing God who has a great path for you. You're, you're, you're in the hands of the living God, you and me. It's amazing. And there is a destiny that you can have as you lay hold of the things of God for your life. And it's that that I want to look at tonight. That there is a, a way ahead for you in God that is good for you. It fits well. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, if you're burdened, if you're just you know, stressed out about life, and uh, take my yoke upon you. It, it fits well. Uh, there's something about knowing the hand of God on your life. If we can fit into the plan of God for your life and my life, that's what life's all about. It's just getting back into the place that God wants us to be in, fitting in with his plan and his will. And if you can do that, then you will begin to move in a destiny, in a way ahead that is good for you, that is great for you. And so it's that that I want to talk about for a moment or two. And what I found is this, though, that for many people that I meet, there are things in our lives, your life and my life, our lives, that can weigh us down. It's like baggage. I'm about to go on holiday. We've been told that we're allowed a 15 kilo limit to each bag. I know, Jenny, I know you're looking at me and so saying, you're never going to do that. Well, I could do it. I could just put a few things in a bag, but they're all my, all my girls are here. Well, they're probably in, in next door. But my girls can't do it. My, I've got three daughters. I think they're going to struggle to get 15 kilos. I think Helen will struggle to get even 30 kilos, uh, what it is. <laughs> But that's what we've got to do, 15 kilo limit each. But I find that in life we have not only 15, I find people with lots of invisible baggage and things that we carry in our minds, memories, things that I've done, things that have been done to me, things that have been done way back, things that have been done recently, things that have gone wrong, things that have gone wrong. And it's as if I've got this 15, 20, 30, 40, I'm carrying stuff. And it can weigh us down and it can even pull us back. And sometimes our past and what's happened yesterday and what's gone on this week and what's getting us down and what's happened many years ago can hang on to your life. Well, I want to say the good news is that your past stuff, whether you think you've blown it, whether you've got stuff that's going on in your life at the moment, it doesn't have to weigh you down. Your future is in the hands of a great God, an amazing God. And all we've got to do, And I say all, I was saying this this morning, it's as simple as this, is to get myself in a place that fits well. God has got something that fits for you. Just finding that place that fits for you and fits for me. So, Philippians chapter 3, if you have a Bible with you. And verse 12 reads like this. Paul the Apostles, a man said this, 
Not that I've already obtained all this, or I have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. But one thing I do, this is amazing, get hold of this in verse 13. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind me, whether it's five years, ten years ago, last week, but moving on to that which is ahead of me. God has got something ahead for you and for me and for our church as well. Now, there's method in my, my madness. Um, on the 11th of September, if you picked up church news tonight, if you weren't at Long Eaton School, where we met uh, this, uh, this morning, on the 11th of September, we're having a Vision Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, 11th of September. I'll be sharing, sharing the similar message, morning and evening, mapping out some vision for the way ahead, some exciting, challenging, amazing things regarding a building and a new building and a potential and uh, vision and heart and stuff that I began to share three years ago, just be coming back to some of that stuff. And um, I, so I've been sharing while I'm, I'm in the... In the August period of time, I've come out of a series in Corinthians that I've been looking at, and I've been sharing a number of themes. I've been looking at how you can live beyond your means. A couple of weeks ago, I shared a message about living beyond our means, how we can live according to God's means and ability. Um, And we were looking at a man called Zerubbabel who lived not by might nor power, but by God's Spirit from Zechariah chapter 4. I've shared a message on that and building up to... Um, September the 11th, Vision Sunday. Then uh, a a week or two ago, uh, in the evening, I shared the theme of daring to be different. And if you can remember, a couple of weeks back, all that long time ago, I looked at, and we looked at a man called Caleb, who had a different spirit, a spirit of God's possibilities. And we looked at the possibilities of God and how all things are possible in God. Have a listen to that. You can... um, our new website's about to be up and running, so you might find our old website has gone down at the moment, but you will be able to get these messages eventually and listen to them online. This morning, um, I was um, uh, sharing uh, th- our theme this morning and, and, and sharing together, looking at the possibilities of God from Ruth, the book of Ruth. Um, passionate perseverance and the presence and power of God was my theme. And we looked at Ruth, Ruth chapter 1, and how Ruth clung to her mother and her her other sister um, affectionately kissed her mother but turned back and we were looking at passion clinging to God and how passion brings the presence of God and the possibilities of God into our lives and um, so tonight I want to look at how our past isn't our future how we can have a great future and the possibilities of God we need to let some baggage go if we're to embrace all that God has for you me but also our church you know some churches live in the past Like the disciples, when they had great visions, they said, let us make a little altar. They called it a booth. And Jesus, because they said, we've had a great vision here. And Jesus said, you don't need to do that. Let's move on. And sometimes in church life, we have great moves of God. And they were the great days. And this is a great hymn. And that's a great song. That's a great this. And Holy Spirit's moved like that. We say, well, let's just rest here and stay here. But God is moving forward and moving on. The kingdom of God, it, it advances 
And um, our Christian walk is a walk. It's moving, it's advancing. And so we're called to move forward in him. And so that's where we're going to go and that's what we're going to look at tonight. So in this passage, Paul shares how his past was not going to affect his future. He says, I forget what is behind me, but I press on to that which is ahead. Amazing. man! This man, Paul, was an amazing man. He, if you look at his personality, we read in the New Testament a number of things. He was a tent maker by trade. He, he has served an apprenticeship, so that was his trade. Very clever man. A very skilled man. A tent maker by trade. But not only was he a skilled man in serving an apprenticeship, he was a brilliant theologian. He studied under the great, one of the greatest theologians, a, a Jewish theologian of his day. So he knew the scriptures inside out. He was brilliant. He had a brilliant mind. And he was an amazing communicator, speaker, orator. He was able to speak in Jerusalem and hold his own amongst the greatest speakers of the day. He was able to go to Greece, and the Greeks were very well known for being able to debate and speak, and he could hold his own amongst them. He was a brilliant speaker, an incredible theologian. So you would say to yourself, what a guy. If that was his CV, he could get a job anywhere. He was amazing. But he had a downside to his personality. All of us have a flip side, don't we? There were some things that went wrong in his life. And he was renowned for persecuting Christians initially. He was the man who signed the death warrant of many a Christian in the early days of the book of Acts. We read that to Paul's downside of his life, and he lived with the shame of this. He was the man behind a lot of people who lost their lives. There's a down, there was a downside to um, his personality. And um, it was this that he wasn't going to let hold him back. He, in many ways, blew it. Clever as he was, accomplished as he was, the things that he did to people were barbaric. He was a prolific persecutor. It was awful. It was terrible. His crimes would have been crimes against humanity. It was that serious. This is the serious sort of guy he was. And yet, God was to change his life when he met with Jesus face to face. He had an experience of Jesus on the Damascus Road. His life was changed forever. And Saul's name was changed to Paul. And he became one of the greatest leaders that the church has ever known. And he then says, I don't look behind me anymore at the bad stuff I've done. I've moved on and I'm moving on forward in God. And it's that that we can learn to lay hold of for our lives. Not looking back, not looking at the things that we've, mistakes we've made, not looking at things that we've fouled up on and looking at the things that weigh us down, the habits that we have, but looking ahead in God and moving on ahead. Have you noticed, anyone that drives a car, you know, um, you've got a very large windscreen and a little mirror in the windscreen that helps you look behind you. Have you noticed the size of your mirror compared to your windscreen? You know, I know it's a silly little thing, but you've got this big windscreen and a little mirror in front of you. And the reason for that is, is that um, your destination ahead of you is greater than the one that's behind you. Our destination ahead is greater than what is behind. You have this little um, mirror so that you can see behind you. You can see what is behind you. You can see where you've come from. You can make sure you don't reverse into something or somebody. Well, that's the theory. That's the theory. I know in my car, my wife has driven our, our car and a number of our cars. And I'm talking about her now because she's gone. 
But she's reversed into a few things over the years, even with a little reversing mirror. But there you go. I've done it myself, actual fact as well. So not the only one. But you've got this big um, um, uh, windscreen in front of you and a little mirror that helps you look behind you. And you don't, if you spend all your time looking in your mirror, you're not seeing where you're going in front of you. It will hinder you the progress that you make. In actual fact, you could end up crashing in front of you if you're always looking behind you. And so if you're on a driving, um, if you're on your driving, um, your, your driving test, if all you do is you're looking in the mirror all the time, you'll be marked down by your, your examiner and probably even fail a test because the danger is all you're doing is looking behind you all the time and you're not being able to see in front of you. You could crash and you're not going to make progress ahead. And so too, it's like that in life. I meet people that are looking at the bad stuff. I won't make it. What if... What about then? What about the glory days? What about the Shekinah? What about this? What about that? Oh, we always, if you're looking behind you, you need to check your um, mirror so that you can see what's behind only briefly, so that you can learn and see where you've come from. And so in life, we look back and we can see where we've come from. You look back and say, well, thank God I've come from there. But you don't look back and dwell there. You, you check your mirror so you can see where you come from. You check your mirror so you don't make that same mistake again in reverse and hit that bollard for the second time because you've reversed into it once, so don't reverse into it again. I know someone that's done that. Reversed into it again. And then again. And then again, actually. This person, I won't say who it was, but they've reversed into the door of my, um, my last car three times. Yeah, exactly. I won't say it was, but there you go. But anyway, you check your... Someone in my family, but there you go. You you check your mirror so that you don't make that same mistake again. And that's the things in life. And the foibles we have, the mistakes you make, the habits that you have. If you dwell upon them, if you dwell upon your habit, you never achieve anything in God. If we're always looking behind us and back to the good old days in church, we'll never move forward in God. Enough said. You know, it speaks for itself, doesn't it? So, you know, moving forward. Destiny. Destiny is not what has gone wrong, but uh, it's getting on track to where God wants to take you. It's not dwelling on what's gone wrong. That's not what hinders our destiny. It's getting on track to where God wants to take you. When you're driving your car, the destination of head is greater than where you're coming from. That's why you've got this big um, windscreen to see the destination ahead. And God is a God of destiny. He's a God of the destination ahead. He's got a destination ahead for us as a church. I don't know whether you believe that or we realize that, but there's a destination and a destiny ahead of us as a collective body of people and for you as an individual also. But the danger is you can be looking always over your shoulder and it's that that we want to move ahead. So Paul says, forgetting what is behind me, I press on to that which is ahead. Wow, that's brilliant. That's a great philosophy for life. If you can live like that, you can move within the things of God. We can move as a church into the things of God for our lives and for your life. doesn't mean to say you forget your friends. doesn't mean to say you forget your family necessarily. doesn't mean to say you forget your job and you give up and you, you become a hermit somewhere. It talk, it's talking about the things that pull us down, the things that have gone wrong, the habits, things that have been done to us, the baggage. So let it go. Leave it behind and begin to move on and see the way ahead of us and ahead of you.
So destiny is not what's gone wrong, but it's getting on track to where God wants to take you. Purpose and destiny. There are three brief things, and uh, in a few moments we'll be coming to a close. There are three practical things that you and I can do so that we become people of destiny. So that your past does not have to affect your future. As I said, I've met people whose past and things that are going wrong is affecting them today. But it doesn't have to be. And Paul said, I forget what's behind and I press on ahead. Three things. They're very simple and they're really easy to understand. Number one, to help us get back on track. Destiny, as I said, is getting on track to where God wants to take you. So there's three things that you and I can do to get on track to where God wants to take you, take me and take our church. Number one, is, um, it's found in two kings. Principle number one is this. It's in 2 Kings chapter 6. You, you know, you might want to turn to it. If you can, turn, turn to it with me, uh, just for a moment or two. It's the second book of Kings and chapter 6. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we read this, verse 1 to 7. If you, if, you, if you haven't got your Bible, don't worry, just listen. It says, A company of prophets said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is um, too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan, for each of us can get a pole, and let us build a place, for that's where we want to live. So he said, go. And then one of them said, "Um, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elijah replied, and he went with them. And they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. And as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there. Um, And it it made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. And then the men reached out his hand and took it. First principle is this. Go back to where the axe head falls. In life, when things go wrong. We're looking to move ahead in your life. We're looking to pursue God. We're looking to move forward. We're looking to let go of those things that pull us down. Um, But you just don't just get up and walk off and say, that habit doesn't matter anymore. Or that thing that I've done wrong doesn't matter anymore. I'm just going to go ahead in God. That's not what we're saying. Or that thing that was done to me, I'm just going to forget it and I'll go on. I find that people don't forget unless you do something about it. I find that if you just walk ahead, unless you do something about it, you're not able to move forward. You're not able to move ahead. And we see in this first um, little story a principle of life. And so the prophet said, go back to where the axe head fell. Go back to where the axe head fell. Retrace your steps. Go back to where it fell. And then, then the miracle was performed. And they said the axe head floated. Really, this is looking at the area of repentance. When something has done wrong to you, if someone's hurt you, someone's hurt you and said something terrible to you, release them, forgive them. Go back to where the axe head fell and forgive them. Easy for me to say, I know, but that's what God would say. When you've got a habit in your life, go back to where the axe head fell and repent and say, God, forgive me for it. When you've done something wrong at work, go back to where the axe head fell and put it right with that person. Or put it right on whatever's been done to you or you've done yourself. Repent. The first thing is to repent. Say, God, forgive me or I forgive them. It's a principle. And when we do that, so when people say, well, I just forget about it. It doesn't work like that. But when we go back, ask forgiveness, 
Give forgiveness. Forgive someone. Ask God to forgive me. I've got a habit. Don't just forget it. Don't just pretend it's not there. Go back to where the axe head fell. It's when you go back to where the axe head fell that a miracle can be performed. When the prophet said go back, when they went to that place, it said that the axe head came to the service. A miracle of life came. When we go back, when we repent, we ask God to forgive us. We give forgiveness away to someone else that's hurt us. We say to God, forgive me for the way I've lived my life, for the thing that I've done wrong, for this habit that's gnawing inside of me, that memory that I've got, the way that I've lived my life, the things that I'm doing, the thing that was done to me, where I've come from, where I've fouled up. If we go back to that place and say, God, forgive me, I forgive them. Please forgive this situation. Repent. To repent means to ask forgiveness, to give forgiveness away. Number one principle of life. Clear the decks. It's the first step to letting go of the baggage that's from our lives. Second principle of life is this. Let God change your name. One more after this and we finish. Third, second principle is this. Let God change your name. If the first is to go back to where the axe head fell, repent. Then the second principle is let God change your name, receive. First is repent, second is receive. Look at this. When we repent, when we ask forgiveness, when we say to God, forgive me for that habit, or I forgive that person, I'm then in the second place, I'm ready to receive. Receive the forgiveness of God. Receive the miracle of God. Receive the hand of God that releases me to begin to move forward. Receive. But look at this. Time doesn't permit us, so you need to write this down perhaps. But in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10, there's a story of a man called Jabez. It's not referred to as the prayer of Jabez. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. Write it down. In the name of a man called Jabez. Jabez was a man who was born. And when he was born, his mum called him Jabez. And it means you are a pain. Because when she gave birth to him, he was a pain to her. It nearly killed her. And so they referred to his name Pain. And that's what they called him. And Jabez grew up with this name over his life. Pain. What a name to have. What a name to have. That was a name over his life. But he said to God... Bless me. I'm a pain, but I don't want to be a pain. I want to be a blessing. And it says that God answered his prayer and blessed him. God answered his prayer and blessed him so that he could be a blessing. Wow, isn't that amazing? Amazing to receive. God has the power to touch your life and change your life forever. Your past does not have to be your future. What has been said over you, you'll be no good. You'll never achieve anything. It was once said to me at 18 years of age... You will never achieve anything. Someone said that to me. A very important person in my life said, you will never achieve anything. And at 18 years of age, I rebelled against that and became a very unforgiving, hateful person. It was when I became a Christian at 20, my life changed. At 18 years of age, I was determined to do the best I could in a very hateful way in my life. I was getting a, becoming a bitter, screwed up person. And so when I went to college, I tried all I could. And I was doing really well at college, but I was a screwed up, bitter person. But at 20 years of age, when I became a Christian, and I found the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life, I still did incredibly well at college but I was a different new person. And my old bitterness had gone and I was beginning to move on ahead in God. I find myself where we are today. Your past is not your future. Receive. Jabez. There's a man called Jacob in Genesis. Write this down. Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. 
Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. Write it down. It's amazing. It's a name change. A man called Jacob wrestled with God. And as he wrestled with God and said, this is an awesome place. God is here. God said, what can I do for you? He said, bless me, bless me. And God says, I will call you Israel. He changed his name from Jacob deceiver to Israel Nations, and the nation of Israel, named today. What an amazing turnaround. He blessed him. He survived. He lived. Nobody sees God and lives, but he lived to tell the tale, and he had a name change. Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. Jacob contended with God, and God spared his life and changed his name. Your past is not your future. God can change your circumstance, your name, what's been said over you, what you've said over yourself. How about this? I met a lady in Scotland in the church that Helen and I pastored, and she said this. So I can say, and I'm not going to give her a name, so no one's ever going to know. This person said, I wish I was dead. I will never trust another man again. Something pretty horrible happened in this lady's life. And when she met the Lord Jesus Christ, and she would be rushed into hospital um, once a month, she was ODing, overdosing once a month, we would rush to hospital and... um, you know, because this person had a, a life that she felt horrible. But as we prayed and we asked and she prayed forgiveness over the person who had done something horrible to her, terrible to her, something released in her life and she had a change in her heart and the change over her life. And she trusted people. She trusted a man again, got married again, wonderfully married, amazingly married to a Christian man, went off to live in America, came back to this country. An amazing turnaround came in this lady's life in Aberdeen in Scotland many, many years ago. Her whole heart and life changed. Your past does not have to be your future. Receive. When you repent, you're in a place to receive. God can change your name. Change what's been said over your life. Change what's been said over our church. Change what's been said, what you've said over yourself. I'll never be. I hate myself. I'll never be able to do. God can change that for good and give you a name change. You can be in a position to receive by the power of the Holy Spirit. Finally, when we repent, we're able to receive. Uh, When we go to where the axe head fell, we repent. When we um, let God change our name, we receive. Thirdly, and finally, release. Position to release. Step out and move forward into your destiny. Paul said, I forget that which is behind and I press on to that which is ahead. It's a commitment to go on in God. Are we prepared as a church to commit ourselves to move forward in God, wherever that takes us? This morning I was speaking about this. It says of Ruth, she clung to her mother Naomi in Ruth chapter 1. I was speaking about this at Long Eaton School this morning. And it said that she said, and her mother said, I'm going to go back to my land. I can't promise you anything. But Ruth said, I'll go wherever you go and your gods will be my God. She didn't know what the future held, but she said, whatever it takes, I'll go forward with you. Even if we don't know what the future holds. Today, a lot of Christians are affectionate. It's just like Orpah, Ruth's sister. We were speaking about this this morning, where she kissed her mum with affection, but she turned back. Lots of Christians fall by the wayside. They have affection for God. And they'll kiss God, but they'll turn back. They'll go to another place. They'll run away. But it said of Ruth that she held on to God. She clung to her, her mother. When we cling on to God, that's passion. And God wants us. But wherever it takes, are you prepared to t- press on to what is ahead? Wherever it takes you. It's a frightening thing, isn't it? 
God might take us as a church into a pathway that we've never trodden before. And then they'll say, oh, it's going in a different direction than it should have been and where we've been. But you just don't know where it could go, do we? As long as it's of God, though. As long, and this is the key, as long as it is of God for your life and my life. And that is the key, isn't it? So Paul says, I press on to that which God has for me, forgetting what is behind me, to release, to step forward into your destiny. If only you and I will commit ourselves to the journey. Will you commit yourself to the journey? If you repent, you're in a position to receive. And when you receive, amazingly, we're in a position to release and to move forward into whatever God has for you and has for me. Your past does not have to be your future. Let's pray together. So Paul says, forgetting that which is behind, I press on towards the prize that is the calling of Jesus Christ. Tonight, if you're here and you're not really following God, will you do so? I'm not asking you to answer to me. Answer before the living God. If you're here tonight and you're a Christian and you're affectionate, but it, more than affection, it's got to be passion. It's clinging to him. Whatever it takes, wherever he's going to take you, wherever he'll take me, regardless of the way ahead, will you cling to him? Are you here tonight? And you're not walking in the ways of God. You know that you're not walking in the ways of God. Then release what is behind you. Release what you're doing that's not of God. And would you embrace God for your heart and life tonight? Maybe you're a Christian here and you think, I've fouled up. I've blown it. I can't make it. I'm not good enough. I've got a habit. I've done this wrong. I've said that. I ask you tonight, not before me, but before God. Say, God, forgive me. Repent. Go back to where the axe head fell. Has something been said over your life that says you will never be? Have you said over your life, I will never trust or I hate or what? Go back to where the axe head fell. Have you got an addiction and you know where it started? Go back to where the axe head fell and say, have you got a fear and a phobia? Have you an addiction? Go back to where the axe head fell and say before God right now, God, forgive me. Do it silently before him right now in your heart. Heavenly Father, will you just see your people's hearts as people here tonight are praying in different ways. Some are calling out to you, breaking, wanting to break the powers of addiction that hold them back. Others have got thoughts, words that have been said. They've got a word in their head that's been said over their lives. People are seeing certain faces of people that have done and said things to them. Others of us have got circumstance that's just on our minds all the time. Some of us have got addictions that are holding on to us. Uh, Some of us feel as a Christian, I've let God down. I've blown it. I can never go forward, but I want to go back again. We come to you tonight and we say, Lord, we are sorry. Will you please forgive me? In Jesus' name I pray. I forgive those that have hurt me. In Jesus' name I pray. I pray, Holy Spirit, all around this room right now, that baggage begins to come off hearts, minds, families, individuals, over the lives of young people, over the hearts of individuals, uh, in the minds of people right now. Addiction, begin to break the power of addiction in this place right now, Lord God. Whatever it might be, words, power of words, break the power of words over hearts and minds in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Now, Lord, we come before you and say that we repent. Now we receive 
We receive all that you've got for us, Father God. There's a destiny and purpose in each one of us. And we receive your goodness. Holy Spirit, be released deep within us right now. Be released through us and in us and upon us, we pray. In your name, Lord Jesus. Let a a living flow come again and be loosed in us, I pray right now, Father God, and in this place. Change the name where people have been sent things said over them. Change their name for good. Oh, God, I pray. Bless where there's been cursing. Bless. Bless hearts. Bless minds. Bless the words that they say. Bless thoughts. Bless habits. Bless attitudes in Jesus' name. And actions, I pray, right now. Now, Lord, we, we look to, we receive. And now, Lord, we release. It's our desire to step forward in what you've got for us. We give our lives to you afresh. Help us see the course and chart the way ahead for us, we ask. We're looking to put our arms around you, no matter what the pathway ahead will be. And as a church, Lord God, we pray, take us into the destiny that you have set before us. It says you prepare a table before us. It's a banqueting table. It's a good table. And there's a purpose ahead for us that's amazing, individually and corporately. And so, show us the way. Your word is a lamp to my feet. And we now look to forget that which is behind, but press on to that which is ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.